don't have to scour the internet and find a whole bunch of pithy sayings to try to encourage you, a bunch of jokes to tell you, to, to tell you, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow. Um, I'm so glad that we can open God's Word and we can give actual truth uh, and uh, uh, it can direct us and guide us today and on into all of eternity. What a blessing God's Word is. Um, let's ring those bells. Let's ring the bells and let the whole world know that we have hope in the Lord. And we have so much to enjoy about today and so much to look forward to tomorrow and forever. Let's turn to uh, uh, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. <clears throat> we'll look at verses 1 through 6 today. John 14, 1 through 6. Read those together and draw some thoughts from there. John 14, 1 through 6. Uh, let not your heart be troubled. Now, uh, of course, you'd wonder why, why would their hearts be troubled? Well, there, there's, there are frightening things in this life, aren't there? Uh, things come along and the unknowns or what are we going to do about? And there's this problem that I see on the, on the horizon. And we even talk about don't borrow trouble, right? Um, uh, oh no, this may happen. Let me go ahead and worry about it as though it did or it, it will happen. Let me put all the worry into something that might happen or may not. Let me borrow trouble before trouble actually comes. Uh, there are plenty of things that cause us to fear. And, and, and look back in chapter 13 for just a moment. Uh, John 13, uh, verse 21. Uh, he's talking to his, his, his main twelve. And he says, Verily I say unto you, one of you shall betray me. That's going to bother you. You're, you're one of the disciples and one of you is going to betray me. That's a, that's a tough word, that word betrayal. Not let me down, not, you know, make a mistake. One of you is going to betray me. Do you imagine that would cause amongst the ranks some concern? One of us. Oh my. And then the, the, the heart begins to be troubled. Uh, look then to uh, verse uh, 38. Here he pinpoints Peter himself. He uses a different word. It's not the word betrayal, but here it's, uh, um, well, Peter says in verse 37, Lord, uh, why can't I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus uh, answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow, uh, but thou shalt deny me thrice. And, oh my, all these, all these fun words being thrown around in chapter 13. One of you shall betray me, and Peter, you're going to deny me. Oh, these are not exciting words that are being thrown around in chapter 13. And then, can you almost step into their shoes a little bit? They've been enjoying the presence of Jesus. But here is kind of what Peter was concerned with in verse 36. Uh, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. I'm going and uh, you can't come with me. Oh, can you imagine 
No, we want to be with you forever. No, I'm going, and you can't come just yet. What an exciting chapter. (laughs) Verse 13, or chapter 13, some things in there that would cause you to be sad, cause you to be unsettled. Uh, The word, one of you is going to betray me, and and Peter, you're going to deny me, and I'm going away, and you can't come. Ah, can you imagine the heart, the unsettling, the sorrow? Young people, you haven't experienced this yet, but sometimes the heart aches. And as, as a, as a grown-up, you think, uh, oh Lord, is, this, is my heart aching or do I need to go see a doctor? Because sometimes things happen in this life and the heart literally aches. It literally aches. And you don't know, is this, is this you know, a move over Elizabeth? This is the big one? As the... <laughs> Or is my heart just hurting because things in this life hurt so bad sometimes? The heart can ache. And so he says in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He's up there, he's far away, but I'm not. I'm, I'm right here. You can believe in me, you can trust in me. In my father's house, are many mansions. Um, and earlier, it's not just my father's house, but isn't it be, uh, beautiful? Way back in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven. My Father ha- has, a, has a house there. And, and uh, if you're saved, he's your Father too. And you can say, Our Father. Oh, it's so comforting when the, when the Lord begins to speak and bring comfort to hearts. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Oh, can you imagine what a comfort those words were? And receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, yesterday I was at a, at a funeral service and, uh, um, uh, for, for one, of, one of the fathers of our church members. And, and uh, he was a saved man. And because of that we know that he is with the Lord Jesus even right now. What a blessing. Uh, Pastor Josh Hughes from uh, Frackville, Pennsylvania. Um, he 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 read these verses, and and I smiled because I thought, ah, those are the the very verses that we're going to talk about on Sunday morning. More times than we humans can count. Only God knows how many times these verses have been, and will be read as a source of comfort amidst times of unsettling sorrow. And yesterday was no exception as these words were were read. Jesus spoke of heaven. And he, and he of course sometimes in the Bible he talks about you you've made my my father's house a den of thieves and and so sometimes as you look at the context my father's house referred to the temple down here but here in this context he's talking about heaven. Heaven. 
He spoke of heaven, my, my father's house, and he was going to go away. But the reason he was going away so, was so he could prepare a place for, for the disciples and by extension all those that belong to the Lord Jesus in salvation. Uh, he mentioned the disciples and, and he goes, and you, you know the way and you know how to get there. <laughs> and uh, Thomas stops everything. He's like, we do? Wait, I, I'm not just going to nod. You know how somebody's explaining stuff to you and you really aren't following them? But you're, happy, you're hoping by the end of the conversation your brain will catch up and so you nod. You're like, I'm not actually with you, but I'm hoping to catch up by the end of the conversation. And Pete and Thomas is here. It's like, I'm not actually, I'm not sure. Uh, can we just stop for a moment? How can we know the way? <laughs> this is not something that, that maybe eventually I can catch up on. It's like, mm, yeah, there's like, like a warm fuzziness coming over me, but, but I need some actual facts here. Um, and, he, and he says, stop, time out, pause. Uh, how can we? I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Whether you're, you're going and how can we? I'm not willing to wait to catch up later. Can you explain now what you're talking about? Because our hearts are troubled. And I'm glad you're telling us that our hearts don't need to be troubled. And then there's the heaven. You're going there and you're preparing a place. And, and you're going to come. Let's stop. I want to get these details down because they're important. And hopefully all of us have been there. And, and it may be that some today, I, I'm there with Thomas. Let's, let's get these details figured out. This is too important to, to figure out later, hopefully. How can we know the way? I think that question is on the hearts of so many. Um, let's look at that today. So the title, how can we know the way? How can we know the way? Let's, let's pray. Lord, I, I do pray that you'd be with this time that as we open your word. And we just thank you, Lord, that, uh, that Jesus, Lord, he came, he was a, a testimony, he was an example, uh, as he, as he suffered down below, down here and he served, he came to, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Uh, he came, he, he, he served, he suffered, Lord, he was the sacrifice. Um, and I just pray that you'd be with this time as we look at your word. What a special time of year it's supposed to be, Lord. And, and it really is only when our life is built on and revolving around the Lord Jesus and his precious word. We read that verse earlier, Lord, about falling down and worshiping like the wise men did. I pray that we would do plenty of that. Lord, this time it shouldn't be about us. Yes, uh, students might have a break from school and, and there might be some time off from work, Lord, but it's not our chance to step away from you, Lord. We're less busy. It's our chance to step more toward you, oh God. May it be we'd take advantage of that in a special way. Lord, as Thomas said, how can we know the way? Maybe that's a question on our hearts today and I, I pray that we pay special attention and enjoy these words. Even as the disciples were frightened, those words betrayal and, and denial. And I'm going away. You can't come just yet, Lord. That, those are frightening words, frightening thoughts. And Lord, we know about frightening words and frightening thoughts down here. Because we don't even get to walk with you physically like they did. And sometimes we're afraid down here. But those same words that you spoke to the disciples are good for us. And we don't need our heart to be troubled either. Thank you for the peace that we enjoy from you. I ask these things in Christ's name, amen. 
want to bring out three things today. Um, there uh, we see an encouragement not to fear. Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, so I also see an expectancy for the future. Oh, an anticipation about what's to come. He says, I go but to prepare a place for you. Isn't I love those words, a place for you. Sometimes you go in the dining room down there and there's the round tables and, and you set down something to kind of save a spot. And when you come back, they have pushed your stuff toward the middle of the table and filled up the entire table. You say, I reserved a place for me. And now there's no place for me at the table. Oh, this was yours? Uh, and they just kind of push it aside. <laughs> but a place, isn't that amazing? Almighty God preparing a place for you. A place for you. Sometimes down here we don't even feel like there's a place for us. You go and all the seats are taken. And you think, oh, there's no place for me at that table. Far more exciting than that table is heaven above. And he says, I go to prepare a place. Not just a gigantic eternal storage area for all the souls down here. Right? God isn't up in heaven looking down and saying, there's billions of them. Look at them. They've infested the earth. Billions of them down there. What am I going to do with them for all of eternity? No, you. He goes to prepare a place for you. A place for you. How marvelous is that? An expectancy for the future. I go to prepare a place and I will come again. That's exciting. And then, toward the end of these verses, uh, he says, I am the way. I am the way. Um, and, it's, and it's a free way. A free way. Uh, there's no tolls that you and I have to pay. It's free because he paid all the tolls. And, and he, he not only paid our way, but he is the way. So we see an explanation. So an encouragement not to fear. An expectancy for the future. And an explanation for this free way that he invites us to enjoy. I am the way the truth, and the life. So let's look, first of all, an encouragement not to fear in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. And of course they did, but he's way out there. He's so far away. Ye believe in God. Uh, uh, yes, how, how beautiful. God, uh, there in John chapter 3, verse 16, God so loved the world. So, so way far away, God is loving me. Way up there, he's loving me. And his love from way up there, God so loved the world, but he sent his love in the form of his son. And, uh, and God isn't as far away as, as, as we suppose, but there in their midst was Jesus, the manifestation of the love of the Father, right there with them, so very near. And isn't it a blessing the Bible tells us there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That same Jesus and that nearness that they enjoyed, we enjoy that nearness as well as a very present help. In times of trouble. But let not your heart be troubled. There, he, he said, you believe in God? Think about that faithfulness from above. That faithfulness from above. But then he says, you believe in God? Believe also in me. That faithfulness above, but then focus on 
his love and my love that's right here. I'm right here. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A few verses later, Jesus is going to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Everlasting life. Uh, that everlasting life, we, a thing that I possess, well, it's a person that you possess. A person that you know. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Faithfulness from above. But then focus on my love. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. Believe also in me. I'm right here. Believe also in me. Jesus placing himself on the same level as God Almighty because he had every right to. He is God, the Son. Believe also in me. Believe sometimes can be cold and academic, right? Um, uh, some cold academic understanding of, uh, of, of, of you see a plane flying and, and you might say, well, I, I believe that plane can fly. I'm watching it fly. But I'm not aboard that plane. I'm not entrusting myself to the, the, the mechanism uh, that allows that to fly and to the, uh, the pilot and his training and the fact that he's not going to, I don't know, take some cold medicine, conk out in the middle of my flight. I'm glad there's a, a co-pilot. I, I saw in the news that they're like, do we really need a co-pilot? As, with all the cutbacks, can we, can we just fly planes around with one, with one pilot? Uh, there, it was actually a discussion. <laughs> that, that, that pilot that could, I don't know, pass out for whatever reason, I sure am glad there's another guy there, a backup that can take the helm. Uh, but with God, but with God, aren't you glad there's, there's no need of a, a co-pilot? He's not going to conk out or, or lose consciousness or lose concentration. He says, believe in me. Not something cold and academic. Not even wishful thinking. You know, some sort of optimistic sentiment. When you're going through a hard time and somebody says, uh, oh, everything will, everything will work out. And you're, and you're like, thanks for that little bit of optimism. A little bit of wishful thinking. But what if it just doesn't? What if it just doesn't work out? More than just some optimistic sentiment. Believe in me. A sincere trust in him. And again, it's not just you standing before God someday and saying, every year around Christmas time, I, I had warm, fuzzy thoughts about Jesus, the Christ child. I would hear singing about him and, and smile to myself. Isn't, I, I held you in some sort of regard every year. No, really entrusting yourself to him. Again, I like the, 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 the illustration of the, the person that, that had the, the rope across the, the, the chasm, the tightrope walker. And he was, able to, he was able to walk across the tightrope. And, uh, and he would come back and, and the people would cheer. Uh, and then, he, then he, he had some sort of a barrel that had some sort of a special wheel that I guess you know, could, could, could go along the, the rope. And then he would push that wheelbarrow across and he would put different loads in that wheelbarrow and then bring it across. And, and then how many of you think that I could put one of you in my wheelbarrow? 
and push you across the rope. And you know, a bunch of people are like, Yay! and he's like, who will volunteer? And the crowd, there was no, no more cheering. <laughs> Less to, I volunteer him. <laughs> it was a very different thing. To, I'm excited about you, but are you willing to entrust yourself to me? Uh, that is a very different thing than just thinking, well, I believe there is a God. You believe in God, believe also in me. We heard that message at our Christmas banquet about, it is well with my soul. How could the Spaffords say, when sorrows like sea billows roll, it is well with my soul? It wasn't just sentimental optimism. It was someone that they knew that they could trust. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. What peace we can enjoy. When we go through those hard times, Jesus says, cast your care on me, for I care for you. You can trust me. Next, we see an expectancy for the future. So an encouragement not to fear, but an expectancy for the future. Uh, He says, first of all, he gives them this peace that, that you can trust me. And then he speaks about a place in eternity that's prepared for them. And then a promise that he's going to return for them. So an expectancy for the future. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there he may be also. So there's a preparing toward a readiness and a promise to return. A preparing, he says, I go to prepare a place. I'm getting heaven ready for you. What a thought. It seems like heaven would, no, no, no. (laughs) Whatever heaven is like, I'm good with it. But even more than just heaven, heaven is heaven. No, no, I'm going to go and make heaven a little more heavenly by making it ready for you. I'm going to get heaven ready for you. Unbelievable. Jesus is making heaven ready for those that have believed in him. I would say heaven's ready enough. Are, are, you, are you with me? It's like, oh no, heaven is good. I'll be, I'll be happy with, with whatever. <laughs> Eternity with the Lord Jesus. But more than that, I go to prepare a place for you. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, uh, like, the, like the parents that have a little one that's coming, right? And they get the nursery ready. Um, they're like, well, we've we got to find out if it's a boy or a girl, so we know what colors to, to make the nursery. Um, and they're going to prepare a place. There's a place in their home for that one, that child that's coming. And God, God says, I'm excited. I'm excited that you're coming and I'm preparing a place for you. Um, down here, those of you that own a home, um, we spend our entire life putting finishing touches on it. Right? We never run out of finishing touches. Uh, so yesterday, we, we have, a, we have a, a, a heat vent, and it's a little bit bigger than normal. It's, it's, it's a, a 10 by 6, which is a little bit wider than, than normal, and it's right by the fridge. 
And so my wife, uh, a month and a half, I don't know, two months ago or something, she is not noticing this chasm in the kitchen floor because um, there's no register cover on it yet. Uh, so, so she's walking toward the, um, the, the fridge and she's like, I'm going to put something on top of the fridge. So her attention is up there and she goes down into this hole. So to make sure that the rest of us were safe and her going forward, we put a piece of flooring over the hole, you know, which means there's no heat coming through, but you know, there's no heat coming up through and no people going down through. It seemed, you know, a, a good, uh, it seemed all right. Um, but yesterday we were at Home Depot and I'm like, Alec, here's the measurements, run and get. And he brought back a, a register cover. So now that we have a real register cover over that heat vent, that leaves only about 10,000 uh, more finishing touches that my house needs. And I think your house is probably the same way. Finishing touches until you die, right? There's the, well, uh, at some point I would like to, and the windows will need to be replaced, and the trim over there. And, and I used to think about fixing that, but I've just got used to seeing that that's a mess. Uh, and I don't even see the problems anymore, but I would like to finish this and do this and finishing touches. Imagine getting to heaven, and it, we use the term turnkey down here, but that's going to be turnkey up there, uh, a place prepared for us. No finishing touches left to do for all of eternity, a place for us. Uh, what a fun thought. Um, you know, the, there, there's the homeless there's the people down here and, and politicians, uh, um, when, when these, these, these mayors that become the mayor of these big cities and they, they have the homeless people. And, and, uh, and, and of course, there's the, ah, we have these people, these homeless people. Uh, how can we help them? What would we do for them? Uh, and then I don't think there's any politicians that have said they can move in with me. But isn't it amazing that Almighty God <laughs> says, you can move in with me. What a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, a, a bit of dad humor. Um, uh, Kate and I will be walking toward my door. It'll be pitch black out and cold outside. And, and I'll walk toward my door and I'll go to open it and I'll be like, well, thank you. Thank you for walking me to my house, walking me safely to my door. Um, I appreciate it. So I'm going to go on in now, and, and uh, you have a good evening. And I'll, I'll make it. I'm going to go in and, and shut the door, and she has to go, you know, back to where she lives. And, of course, like any good daughter, she rolls her eyes and, and pretends to enjoy a bit of dad humor. And, uh, and uh, oh, yes, okay, well, uh, and, and, and on her way, and she's kind of pushing. Somehow I usually end up outside the door, and she's shutting it, and I'm like, how does she do that? Um, but I tell you, a place for you. What a blessing. Home, a place of warmth and fellowship and love and care and protection. Um, down here at... Um, it's supposed to be that, that special place. And for all of eternity, we have a home in heaven. The place where memories are, are made and fondly remembered. Boy, uh, yesterday at that funeral, these words were read. And, and, and death can be so frightening. It's so permanent. 
and so mysterious. But these verses give us a gleam in a time of gloom to know that we have a Heavenly Father. Um, So we see a, a, a preparing to make a readiness in heaven for us, but a promise to return. I'm coming back for you. Uh, what, a, what an exciting thing. Acts 111. Uh, there, there were, there were the disciples and, and, uh, um, Jesus went up in a cloud and the angel came back and said, uh, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back, uh, coming again. Uh, his pledge to return. It's the blessed hope of the church. Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God. And our Savior. Jesus Christ. We love to sing about it. In the hymnal there. and On page uh, 151 there. He's, he's coming again. And we love, we love to sing about it. What, a, what an exciting thought. Coming again. Coming again, maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon. Coming again, coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming again. I'm coming back for you. Now, Claire, um, she doesn't like it when mom and dad go away. (laughs) Uh, uh, She does not like it. It's like, when are you coming back? And how long am I going to be an orphan? Uh, and on the one hand, we're trying to teach her, listen, you need to trust mom and dad. Because we're not going to go away unless we leave you in a safe environment. And you need to trust us. I, don't, uh, I know you may not like it, but you need to trust mom and dad. We're not going to go away unless we leave you in a safe place. You need to trust mom and dad. But at the same time, I sure do like it that she doesn't that she can't wait for us to get back. On the phone, how, 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 much, how, how much longer before you, before you get back? And I think sometimes God misses that in us. Are you homesick for heaven? Are you him sick? Are you him sick? Right now we're down here and Lord, I, is there a part of you that says, I don't like not being with you. But I will trust you that, that I'm, in a, and I'm in a safe place down here. I can trust you with the time. I can trust you with the responsibilities that I have. And I can trust you to help me with those responsibilities. But Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. I want to be with you just as soon as I possibly can. And then finally, the last part. The explanation for the free way. The explanation... For the free way. Jesus says in verse 4, Whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. <laughs> and anyway, the way ye know. is like and I don't know, it, it seems funny. The parents will sometimes say things to the children. I, I don't know, I, I just thought of this funny thing here that, um, uh, you know, come here to their child. Here is a stapler and a, and a leaf blower. If the mailman comes early, you know what to do. You know, and then the, you know, the parent walks away and, and, and I, and again, the child, sometimes it's like, boy, mom and dad and me, I don't think we're on the same wavelength 
sometimes. I have a stapler and a leaf blower. If the mailman comes early, I know what to do. I have no idea what any of this means. Uh, now, sometimes uh, parents will think, no, no, you, you know what to And the child really does know what to do. They just have to make themselves think, think the process through step by step. Now, I, I didn't come up with the conclusion for the stapler and the leaf blower. I just, I wanted to be random on purpose. But it just seems like parents can be random sometimes. But apparently, now you know what to do. Just think through the process. Break it down to the steps and think through. You've done it with mom uh, this many times. You can do it without mom. You can do it. You know the way. But, but there's Thomas. Uh, whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. He felt like a man with a staple and a leaf bore. He's like, ah, oh, no, no. Uh, we, uh, how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we see three things here in the explanation of the free way. We see, we see the statement in verse 4, you know the way. And then we see the question in verse 5, I'm not sure I do. And then we see the answer in verse 6, I am the way. So the statement, uh, the way ye know. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, when, when you trust somebody, I, I, I think I told this story before, but my... My wife and I were, uh, I, 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 grew up, I, I grew up, I went to the college here, uh, so I was here for four years, and, but I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time driving through the streets of Chesterton. I didn't know the streets of Chesterton very well, and so my wife and I, we, we got married, and, and one night we were, we were delivering like a food basket in, in Chesterton. And, uh, and so, and she goes, I, I think I know how to get to this house, and so we, we, we found, we uh, found our way back there, and we dropped off this food basket, and it's, it's pitch black, and, and I said, all right, hon, how do we get out of these, the maze of these neighborhood streets? How do we get back to the main street so we can get back? And, and I said, you, you, you've been here a lot longer than me. I, I trust you. Uh, you tell me, the, you know, so she was going to be my human GPS. Uh, you know, don't worry, I know the way. So she's like, turn here, go here. And so I'm driving along, and the road we, we're going down comes to a dead end. And it just stops, and uh, it's weird. It, it like it, it, not a big cul-de-sac and a bunch of houses like they planned for it to stop. It just went up to shrubs and trees and just stopped. And I thought this is strange. And and, and the, my headlights were shining through, and it looked like just five, six feet beyond this was was asphalt over there. And I'm like, why didn't they just connect this to that? And then, like a guy. I'm thinking, I can probably get through the shrubs in my car. Um, and I'm like, if I just turn there and do just a little bit of off-roading, and I can, you know, angle my car this way, I can get onto that road and, and, and just and be about my way. And so um, God gives wives to help us, you know, be reasonable, and we don't always listen. And she's like, oh, can we just go back? And no, you know. I think there's a way to do this. And so we're off-roading for a little bit. I get onto this uh, asphalt, and I'm just driving, thinking, that's ridiculous. Why wouldn't they just connect that road to this one? And up ahead, I see some cross-traffic. And, uh, and so I'll just get up there and, and join them. And, and that looks like a main road up there. And it was. Uh, as I got closer, um, there, the cross-traffic there. But, but my road came to an end as well. 
there was the four by four wooden posts that bicycles can get through, but not cars. I was driving down the bike path. And I, and I couldn't get onto the, the main road. And they're probably looking at my headlights like, what is he doing back there? So I had to back all the way up, try to find the place where I punched a hole through the shrubbery. And uh, get back through, get onto that road and find my whole way back. So, uh, you know, my wife says, I know the way. And she got me kind of a little bit lost. And then, and then she said, oh, let's go back. And no, no, you had your chance. I'm going to do this now. So between the two of us, I got on the bike path. Um, but uh, again, Jesus says, and ye know, whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Uh, and so there's, so there's the statement. And then we see the question. Wait, do I know the way? What is the way? What is the way? Uh, and the, the question he asks, uh, no, 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 this is too important. I'm not going to just nod my head and smile um, and then hope that my brain will catch up by the end. This is too important to hope that I'll catch up at some point. Please, right now, can you make it super clear? Can you make it super clear? Because you're going. I want to make sure you're preparing a place for me too. I want to be there with you forever and ever and ever. Can we make it super clear right now? Can you boil everything down? I want to be sure that there's a place in heaven for me. And then that promise applies to me that you're going to return someday for me. And Jesus smiles. And he says, I am the way. I am the way. I am the way. And that's different. My wife wife knew the way. Ish. But it's not that Jesus knows the way. It's different. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. The story is told of a, uh, a pioneer missionary in Africa. He, he, was, he was talking about taking the gospel to a new tribe far to the north with his bearers he arrived at a village, a point beyond which his porters refused to go. So the people that were helping him move his goods, uh, they said, yeah, we don't, go, we don't go any further than this. Um, the missionary appealed to a local chief, uh, was there someone in your village who could act as my guide to the distant northern tribe? The chief summoned a man. Tall, battle-scarred, carrying a large axe. A bargain was struck, and the next morning the missionary set off through the bush, following his new guide. The way became increasingly rough, and the path had all but disappeared. There was an occasional mark blazed on a tree, occasionally a little bit of a narrow path. Finally, the missionary called a halt. He asked the guide, are you sure you know the way? The, the, the tribesman pulled himself to his full height and said, white man, you see this axe in my hand. You see these scars on my body. With this axe, I blazed the trail to the tribal village to which we go. I'm actually from there. 
These scars I received when I made the way. You ask me if I know the way. Before I came, there was no way. I am the way. What a great illustration because Jesus, it says in John 3.13, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. He's from there. He knows the way back to heaven. And he is the way back to heaven. I am the way. He says, I am the truth. He doesn't just know the truth. He is the truth. How many of you know like a a talk show? I like to listen to that person when I can. I just don't always get the chance. I like to turn on that talk show and listen to them when I can. I just don't always get the chance. How many of us are like that with Jesus? I like to listen to him when I can. I just don't always get the chance. So much going on after all. Listen, it's not that he knows the truth. He is the truth. He isn't just worth listening to. When you get the chance, what he says matters. What he says is all that matters. Everything else gets its importance from what he says. What he says is all that matters. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. This verse was read yesterday as well. It was actually preached on. John eleven twenty five. 25. There in John 11, uh, Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus, had passed away. And they said, Jesus, if you had just been here on, on time... And Jesus is always on time. He's never late. And, and Jesus began talking about the resurrection and, and, uh, and, 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 and a time down the road when, when wonderful things will... Yes, we know. We know about the resurrection. And, and Jesus says, stop looking past me. Look at me. John eleven twenty five. Jesus saith unto her... Don't look at the resurrection as some event down the road. And Jesus says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. There is Jesus. And a lot of people are excited about Jesus. But he has his wheelbarrow. And he says, who will trust me if I am in? Who will entrust their eternal soul to me? I am trustworthy. Thomas, listen, this is too important. I'm just not going to nod my head and smile anymore. I have to know how to get there. And Jesus made it very clear. You are looking at the way to get there. Um, Out east, they have their turnpikes, don't they? You got the Pennsylvania Turnpike, right? And you're like, what's a turnpike? I mean, out here, we just call it what it is, right? A toll road. Like, what is this, what's this fancy term for turnpike out there? What does that mean? Well, you, you ask somebody, it's like, what's a turnpike? Uh, it must be different than a toll road, or I imagine you just call it a toll road. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a toll road. And as you look up turnpike... Uh, that the, it, it comes from, you know, many, many, many years ago when somebody would say it would really help travelers if there was a road from here to here. I will build it, I will maintain it, and I will 
put a gate at the beginning and people can pay to use it, to pay me for the use of my road. I built it, I maintain it, and people can pay me to continue maintaining it and for access to it, they can pay for a chance to go down my road. And so, you know, if you're going to punch in your GPS, I'm going to go to such and such a place. And your GPS will often ask you, do you want to go freeway? Or do you mind paying tolls? Paying tolls will save this long. And you've got to make that decision. And the truth is, the freeway isn't free either, is it? You pay for that with your taxes. Right? Ah, oh, the free... Huh? Uh, it's not free. The freeway isn't free. Now, the way to heaven is not a turnpike, not a toll road, it's a freeway. But it cost a lot for that road to be created. But God up in heaven, he paid the tolls. Jesus came down. He was the toll that was paid. He was the way. He is that freeway. Are you on that freeway today? You're on one way. There in, now Jesus says, I am the way. But there in Matthew chapter 7, let me just close with this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. We're all on a road. Every human being is on a road. And either you're going to pay the toll, or you're going to be on the road where the toll's been paid already. The Bible says that everyone, uh, everyone, we're naturally on that broad way. And the payment for the toll is coming. An eternity in hell to pay for our, our sin. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. But straight is the way, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Few there be that find the free way in trusting themselves. Just like that crowd, they were excited about that man, but nobody wanted to climb in the wheelbarrow. That's this world around us. Christmas time, yay, I love the lights, I love this, and, and I think Jesus must have something to do with it. He has everything to do with it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Won't you entrust your soul to me? I can be trusted. Before I came, there was no way. I blazed the way. I am the way. I came from heaven. I'm the only way to help you get back there. I blazed the way. I am the way. Won't you trust me?